Hello and welcome to episode 104 of the Live to Walk Again podcast. My name is Jeremy Dixon. I'm your host as always. And with me once again, maybe for the last time for a few weeks, is my co-host, co-host of the year, Brandon Stevens. Brandon, say hello to the people. What's up, Jay? I'm officially co-host of the year then? I mean, I'm going to give it to you just for what we're going to talk about today. Ah, that's like, good, I feel man. like you, you deserve it. You uh, deserve it. Well, yeah, man. I mean, we'll, we'll we'll get we'll get into it, man. Uh, you know, anybody who's listening, if you could share, like, rate, review this podcast uh, with your friends, we're on every plat- platform that podcasts are available on. So, uh, you know, do us do us a favor, spread the word. We're just trying to uh, cure paralysis over here. So find a cure Simple. somehow. That's all we want to do. Simple task. Hard to complete. <laughs> yeah, right, right, no doubt. But we're on the move. We are, man, we are. Um, yeah, so bef- before we get into to what I want to talk a, a little bit about today, um, Brandon, I know uh, I, this week I had a great guest on. His name's Eric Kondo, and he um, he's like an OG spinal cord uh, injury uh by OG, what do you mean? He's been in paralyzed. He's been a uh, paraplegic since like 1984. That's so, an OG. Yeah, and uh, so he started. So he, the way I came across him, he started an Instagram page just called Wheelchair Boarding, all one word, and he like attaches his wheels on his manual wheelchair onto like a a longboard or skateboard or a freaking snowboard or whatever's a board board. it's all it's any kind of boarding and he sits in like tips back so he's in like a uh, wheelie position Uh wheels are latched down onto the board and then he rides bro just rips it just rips it it's crazy and so they have like especially like the long boards are able to uh they, and there's like a, a quite a few people who do this now um but these long boards man they can add motors and brakes to it okay because so. i'm wondering man in my head all i'm thinking about is how the hell are you stopping yeah because that's what he said you know like he's <laughs> like if you don't if you don't have the 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 brake like the brake's important the brake's but, the most important part um, he says he he has uh he has had some crashes when when he was doing it with no brakes well that's what i you know my little guy crew he wants to skateboard do his little scooter at the skate park and he's like i want to go down the half pipe right or i'm gonna hit this i want to go off this jumper and i'm like he's like but i don't want to fall i was like hey man uh-huh. if you're gonna do any type of extreme sport like you're gonna fall and hurt yourself it's a guarantee right there's no like middle ground you're gonna wipe out you're gonna wreck yeah hands down right yeah man it's uh it's yeah there's no there's no doubt man wheelchair uh wheelchair boarding or or regular yeah you're going you're going down eventually um but yeah it was it's super interesting and he has a a website called red pill innovations redpill.com or .org. I will check on that and have it for before we go, pill, huh? before we do the outro. Is that but, like uh, the... It's from like, the Matrix. It's yeah. nothing political. He says that like on the, at the beginning. No, no, no. I know website. what it's I know what it's referring to. Like it's taking the red pill, man, is like going down the road that, that you might not want to... That's not going to be the easy road. Right, right. But it's also going to be a wild ass road. Exactly. It might exactly. blow your mind. Right. And so, yeah, and he, and on this, uh, red pill innovations website, um, you know, talks a lot about the, the, the different boarding, like things they're doing. Like he, he actually got a, uh, a grant from like Toyota for their, uh, movement innovation, um, contest that they were having. So he got like $50,000 cause he was trying to do, uh, one of those hoverboards that, you know, you just like push your feet forward or back, like mm-hmm. um, yeah, the two wheel hoverboard, yeah, two wheel sure. hoverboard. So he was doing, they uh, they used one of those. But his whole thing is he wants to do it. I don't he, even step on those, man. Yeah, he well, he doesn't want because you know everything in the medical industry is super high prices, right? Like they they tack on, you know, seventy five hundred. Yeah, you're getting you're getting killed, and he's like, I don't want 
to like mass produce this and have it turn into like a thousand dollar longboard when you can go buy a longboard on Amazon for a hundred bucks and buy the brackets for 50 bucks that, that attach to, that we need to attach to it for the, the wheels on the wheelchair. So it's like, that's cool, man. Like he's, he's just trying to make, make use out of like everyday stuff that able-bodied people use. So heck yeah. I thought that was uh, modded up. Yep. I thought that was really cool. And then he also, yeah, he has like the SCI network project on there where he's basically just trying to connect people like business owners that have spinal cord injuries or, you know, podcasts. He added me to the list. Um, so a added, network. Added, yeah, just a whole network of people um, that, that have the uh, have spinal cord injuries. The that, LinkedIn of spinal cord injuries. Exactly. And it's awesome, man. He's been doing it, um, I think, like the last year and just compiling all this different information but you know just put it just a big old rolodex huh yeah it's uh it's very interesting man i mean it's cool and he you know he's got a lot of stuff on his site like supporting uh, hiring people with with uh i know injuries important yeah and so you know getting the getting getting people that that have a disability back into the workforce man gives you a sense of pride you know like all that stuff so and and they also have um non-profit organizations on there so he added our nonprofit to the to the list and uh, yeah just a great guy eric is so that's uh, awesome man yeah he's a he's a super good guy so um you know i'm gonna make everybody wait until after the interview to hear a little, a little cliffhanger. We're going to leave another <laughs> cliffhanger. I know we got you last you week. You won't be disappointed. No. You won't be disappointed. So, anyway, here's, uh, here's my guy, Eric Kondo. He's uh, he's definitely, man, doing great things for the, the spinal cord injury community as a whole. And I definitely appreciate appreciate all of his hard work and for coming on the show. So, we'll uh, talk to you on the other side. This week on the Live to Walk Again podcast, we are excited to visit with Eric Kondo. Uh, Eric is the founder of Red Pill Innovations. He's an inventor, uh, a wheelchair boarder, and an SCI survivor. Eric, welcome to the show. Thank you. I appreciate it, and I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm, I'm so excited that we can make this happen, man. And, uh, you know, when I first saw you on Instagram, I was just completely blown away by, by uh, you know, some of the videos and stuff that you had made with, with you on a wheelchair or in a wheelchair skateboarding down, you know, down the road or through a parking lot or whatever, which is amazing. But, uh, you know, for anybody that, that doesn't know your story already, how did this kind of, you know, spinal cord injury journey start for you? So we got to uh, wind it all the way back to 1984. So I've been actually injured for, for quite some time. I was a freshman in college and I had a, I had a motorcycle accident um, on my way up, on my way up to uh, Bates College in Maine. So it was a little silly kind of accident. I left my kickstand down, came to a uh, little bit of a left-hand corner, corner that I've done um, many, many times and just wiped it out. Uh, don't remember too much about the accident, um, but you know, from there, ended up into uh, acute care. Did about five weeks in rehab, and uh, then I was back in back in school. So um, it, for me, it was a relatively quick transition. I had a um, compression fracture, but not. I didn't need surgery or lost some teeth, but didn't have any other really complications from the accident. So I was pretty fortunate in, in that regard wow so no no surgery at all huh that's that's amazing um where and where did you so where did you end up going through rehab and stuff at at the time because i think i read in an article or something that you said like you you was only you and one other person with the with a yes so so i i live in the boston area and i went to um it's called new england rehab in woburn which is actually um i i still live in the area so it's actually not too far from me but it was a you know spinal cord injury you know back in the day there wasn't really that you know spalling is is a big thing in boston that really wasn't happening then so uh it was just me and some other guy and and for all practical matter, there wasn't really that much familiarity with dealing with um, spinal cord injury, I think, you know, at that time. So. Right, right. And how was that transition um, going back to school after only five weeks, you know, post-injury? That must have been uh, 
something to get used to, huh? Yeah, so in, in my case, so Bates had never really had a person with a spinal cord or, or wheelchair user there before, um, you know, and they're in Maine and, you know, it's a it's an old school, pretty inaccessible buildings and so forth. Um, they did, I, I was able to get back to my dorm um, and, you know, get back to my room and I had a roommate and, and such and they, they, they modified a bathroom or two. But uh, for the most part, you know, it was uh, it was it was tricky, you know, dealing with the snow for the first time um, was tricky for me, for sure. And you know, also back then, you know, wheelchairs weren't weren't nearly as good as they are now. And you don't have knobby tires or this, that and your other thing. So, uh, um, yeah, I mean, there were definitely some difficulties involved with all that. I think that for me, getting back right into it, so to speak, uh, I didn't have a, a lot of downtime. I knew that if I missed the semester, the the second semester, then it would have been, I would have had time doing nothing, then I would have had summer, and that would have been, you know, so many months of me just uh, wallowing, so to speak. Um, so my goal was really to get out of that rehab and, and get back to school as, as soon as possible. And I had to fight the powers of be to, to actually achieve that, but um, it worked out. Wow. And did you stay there then for all four years at uh, Bates? And I did. Yes. So I graduated from Bates. I graduated a, a semester later, you know, because I lost that one semester. Um, other than that, I, I did a semester in uh, a, a junior semester abroad in London um, at University College. Um, and that that was my um, yeah my second semester of my junior year and that was that was interesting and that was that was quite a difference. Uh, I chose London because I wanted uh, well I wanted a different experience. Bates is a small a small school and pretty rural more or less. And I figured let's do the exact opposite and let's go to a big metropolitan school. Um, so that's kind of one of my that was my rationale to go to London. Plus that was you know I only speak English so that was pretty important too yeah yeah I can imagine uh so when did um you know I know that the red pill innovations thing kind of digging into that website it's it's so cool um you know what what you're starting there just as a, the community of the website seems so so amazing um you know when did that start to talk about what it is I guess mainly and then yeah kind of how you started it and when right so what what I what I've been trying to do for the last few years um, is is promote uh, you know wheelchair mobility and and you know different ways of wheelchair mobility. I think that that a lot of people just think of wheelchair mobility in in a very kind of standard way. And the so you know this the the wheelchair skateboarding um, the scooters and and all of this. It, it kind of just it's it just kind of evolved so to speak um in in me specifically looking at trying to to um create more ways to be mobile and and i will say that um uh we'll dial it back a little bit i i've always had a, a two-wheeled hand cycle and um i i well, I, I didn't make it, but I, I got it from a guy who, you know, built a few of them way back in like nine, 1993. So it's been some time. And, you know, I what I really like about the two-wheel hand cycle is the ability to balance and, and to ride it like a, like a bicycle as opposed to three wheels, um, which takes away the balancing aspect. So other than that, I've noticed that other than my two-wheeled hand cycle and skiing, there really wasn't a lot of mobility devices that involved balancing for wheelchair users. It's pretty much always thought, okay, you know, let's, you, you have this stable platform. Nobody, we don't want anyone to fall over and we'll take away the balancing. And to me, that balancing aspect was really, really kind of, you know, a big part of what I was seeking for in mobility. So, you know, a number of years ago, um, I really kept trying, you know, I've been constantly thinking about like, how can I add balancing? And to me, that really evolved around the wheelie being the, the wheelie being the thing in a wheelchair that a manual wheelchair user can do that, that, that involves balancing. Um, but I really didn't know where to go with it um, until I saw this guy, Antonio, who's actually, I mean, he, you know, he was using a regular longboard and he was controlling it with his wheelchair. And I was like, whoa, 
that's really interesting. And so from so, so that once I read right then it was a matter of trying to figure out the dynamics of how he was doing that once I recognized what he was doing I was like wow I, this is actually a real thing gave it a try and then realized that to, in order to make this a really practical functional thing you got to add power you need a motor um and because for one thing a motor gives you well one it gives you power it also gives you a break so from there so then all of a sudden I, I had this device that, you know, involved balancing and mobility and and also was relatively simple. When I say simple, we're talking about, you know, modifying devices that that are built for a, ABs, uh, able-bodied people, and sold at able-bodied people prices. Okay. So you can you you're now talking hundreds of dollars as opposed to your typical disability price of thousands of dollars. Right. Um, and I'm, I'm sure you've seen that, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So, so, so then you know. For, so to get back to to your question, uh, you know, with the skateboarding, you know, I was like, wow, this is amazing. You know, I I wouldn't have thought of it unless I took this idea from someone else, and I just want to start promoting this because I think this is cool. Um, so. You know, because to me, it's not really about selling products or anything like that. It's really about, you know, proof of concept. Look, I can do this. This is a proof of concept. I proved that it can be done. Now, who else wants to do it and who else can take it from there? So then, you know, in doing the skateboarding, then there was, I was like, well, maybe I can, you know, I, I figure I could ride a, a consumer hoverboard. Are you familiar with a, what a hoverboard is? Yeah, yeah. I saw the video. Uh, I saw the video on your website about uh, where you. I don't know if it was you riding it or someone was was riding one of the hoverboards. I believe. Right, right. So, uh, hover. You know, a number of years ago, hoverboards were the you know the craze, and somebody you know they're they're made for an AB, and they stand on it, right? And if they push, and and they can control um, control it by basically by ankle flexation and and balance anyway what i realized is that the dynamics of that was very similar to the dynamics of a wheelchair if you think about it um and which is also related to the whole skateboarding thing and i was like well i bet i can do this and then there was a around this time happened that there was this toyota mobility unlimited challenge which was um trying to get people to create uh, innovative uh, mobility devices for people with spinal cord injury. And I was like, whoa, this kind of fits perfectly. So in creating an entry for this Toyota mobility, um, first part was to create an entry and then as uh, 10 teams got a grant for $50,000, we were one of the teams to get a grant to work on the wheelchair hoverboard. Anyhow, that was really the creation of the whole red pill okay. idea, you know. So from there, again, I've been just adding different kind of devices to this. You know, red pill innovations really is just a vehicle for promoting, um, innovating, you know, things. And what and it and it's meant to be okay. Innovate however you do it, great. Um, and innovate existing cheap able-bodied products so that you know people who can do this without spending thousands of dollars um and the latest part that i'm really promoting is the is wheelchair scooter boarding which i think is really accessible to a lot of people um it's much safer than skateboarding you know uh, i love Go ahead. Yeah, what, yeah t t talk about that a little bit because i did see a couple of the videos uh of you um, riding with the the scooter attachment like on the front of your chair it seemed like so I, yeah how how, uh, how did that come about you know how did how did you get that dialed in to, to work with your with your wheelchair so uh, you know again these are all, like i said these are these are all all variations and, and you know once i started with the you know with the skateboarding and you know i've made multiple iterations of skateboarding you know then the, the hoverboarding and then i'm just so i'm just all of a sudden in this mode of what kind of electronic devices can be you know how can we make uh, wheelchairs how can we make them go faster how can we make them fun you know what are the things that we can do with them and then you know scooters of course and i wasn't the first person to come up with this idea of putting your chair in a scooter 
other people have done it, but to me, it wasn't really practical um, because just getting on a regular scooter doesn't work that well. Um, you can make a nice little video and you can go straight, but you can't really turn it and you can't you can't really do a lot with it. Um, then an existing um, wheelchair uh, attachments that you buy, like, you know, there's Tri-Ride and Baytech and so forth, and these other companies are in Firefly range from, you know, three to $8,000. Again, a huge amount of money. Um, and my thought is like, why do wheelchair users need to spend thousands of dollars when able-bodied people literally can buy scooters for hundreds of dollars, you know? So one of the main things that I'm trying to get across with the scooter boarding is in order to make it simple is that you do not need to physically um, fix your wheelchair to a scooter. You can rest your, your footrest on it. I, I call that um, just a, a depression mount. And the whole idea is that you can ride on the scooter and not screw down your chair to the scooter. Uh, the reason that matters is it simplifies it considerably. Um, it And also what I'm trying to promote is that the, the simple, in, you know, the problem with a two-wheeled scooter is that if you think about it, to move it around, it falls over, right? Like literally there are a few things harder in this world than, you know, to push wheeled devices around from your chair like bicycles and and scooters because they fall over um, but if you make the two-wheeled scooter a three-wheeled scooter then all of a sudden it stands up on its own just like a little kid's three-wheeled scooter and the way you convert it is simply using um, skateboard deck and trucks and all of a sudden you you can have a three-wheeled device uh, that doesn't fall over, and then you can just mount easily and ride without any additional effort. So, so cool, man. Yeah, and 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 again, the idea is all right. Th these are relatively cheap um, modifications that can be done, and all of a sudden you're now in the range of being able to buy devices for a few hundred dollars. Make simple modifications that actually do work and work well um, and and have this scooter mobility um, that otherwise you wouldn't have either because um, well because a lot of people simply don't can't invest thousands of dollars to to buy an official wheelchair uh, attachment right now that makes that makes a lot of sense um I wanted to go back here for a second um and Find out what did you did you graduate? Are you like an engineer? Like where? I mean, it seems like you're very innovative. You know what I mean? So, so so regarding um, that, yeah, I graduated from college with a a, um, a bachelor's in science in physics and math and a minor in computers. So I mean that you know gives me sort of an analytic background. I wouldn't call myself an engineer. I wouldn't call myself a designer. I call myself more of a hacker. You know, I mean, I I, I know some talented people and, and and they have much more skill than me i'm just kind of a guy who just wants to get it done and i want to do it and i'll, I'll figure out how to do it and even if that involves you know a lot of gorilla tape and you know bolts instead of welding and and you know hacksaws and you know and and uh, hand drill instead of a drill press you know that's what i'll do um, so what I'm, I, what I try to do is just, you know, take advantage of stuff that's out there. Um, and I think, and well, actually, I know that the innovation in the wheelchair space to me has been pretty much stalled. Um, as far as simple devices, you know, we've seen very, very complicated devices, such as like the exoskeleton, you know, um, and but we don't see people really trying to make simple and cheap devices. Um, and, uh, you know, I have lots of thoughts on that. And, and in fact, even before I go on down that end, I'll ask you, why, why do you think that is the case? Why do you think that we see, you know, really expensive devices, complicated devices, but not a lot of simplicity and not a lot of cheap stuff? I think, I would say that they probably don't take people who are dealing with with spinal cord injuries 
you know, our opinion into account when it comes to, you know, how would this work versus that? Or, you know, I mean, as, as far as like the exoskeletons, like, you know, is this something you're gonna be able to just stand right up in? Or are you gonna need four people there to, to help guide you? Like what, what makes the most sense from that perspective? Like, you know, how heavy it is versus how, uh, you, you know, like how functional it is, I guess, things like that. Right, I, I, I totally agree. And, and I think one of the issues is that most things that are designed are, are, are designed by able-bodied and, and they're coming from their able-bodied bias perspective uh, as to what they think that we need. And they're just looking at a slice of our life and saying, okay, we're going to solve this problem for this small slice of your life, but let's forget about all the other things that are involved. In other words, you know, I don't know how many times over the years people have contacted me about a stair climbing wheelchair. Now, as a practical matter, um, I'm actually pretty good at climbing chairs, stairs in my chair if there's a good railing. I started that in London and I've been able to, to do that, but that's kind of a unique thing. Um, but I, so, but because of that, I, I know what's involved. Um, people say, okay, you know, wouldn't a stair climbing wheelchair be great? Well, yes, except for the fact that whatever mechanism that enables you to climb uh, your uh, uh, a stair in your chair, you would have to have with you all the time, like all the time. Now, if you're already using a power chair and then all of a sudden you can take that power chair and just make it climb stairs, great. But if you have a manual chair, you know, that weighs say 20, pounds and now you're saying okay fine you know we got this other you know we're going to add you know 50 pounds to your thing to your chair to give you this mechanical thing that can now you know you can now climb stairs i'm like so that means for all the time i'm going to carry around this extra weight and bulk somehow under my chair like why would i want to do that you know and designers don't they don't think like that they just think, well, but look, we could, you can now climb these, you know, these three, four or five steps. And I'm like, yeah, that's great for the, the, that instance. But what about all the other time, you know, and, and this is where I think the failure is. They don't think about all the other time. And, and to some degree, they don't really care because they just want to solve problems, very simple, defined problems. Right. No, that makes a, that makes a whole lot of sense. Um, yeah, and and I love that 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 um, the Red Pill Innovations and and the SCI Network project in particular, I wanted to ask you about because it seems like that's you know a way for um, you know the community, the the spinal cord injury community, to kind of uh, you know come together and and you know I know you promote hiring people with spinal cord injuries and. Um, you know, spinal cord injury uh, um, nonprofit organizations, which I appreciate you adding me to the list on there um, with, with our Live to Walk Again Foundation. But yeah, you know, um, talk about that, that SCI network project and, and how that kind of, you know, promotes, I guess, living, you know, like, I don't even know what, what the word would be, but, uh, you know, coming together, the, the community coming together to, to kind of push each other forward. Yeah, so the, you know, the, 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 the SCI network project, that's just kind of, that, that's something that's just kind of evolved. So a lot of my stuff is just a germ of an idea. I'm like, oh, wait a minute, this seems like a good idea. I don't know why anyone else hasn't thought of it, but someone's got to do it. I guess, crap, I guess it's going to have to be me, you know, and in this case, it really, it, it, it just was, I just noticed that there just isn't a lot of organization regarding spinal cord injury. There's not a lot of, you know, there's little pieces of information here, there, everywhere. You know, there's lots of people doing this, that, or other thing, and nobody has a central source or, or a good indexed way to figure out, like, what's actually out there and, and, and how to do it. So my thought was, look, I want to organize, you know, all this information that exists, you know, specifically for spinal cord injury, but I'm, in, in order to index it, I'm going to index it all around people, right? So the idea is that instead of just being, you know, not so just, you know, dull information, to me, it's more interesting. Let's actually categorize the people who are doing stuff, 
right? Because, you know, the people who are making things, the people running, creating nonprofits, the people like you, you know, your podcast, your nonprofit, like the stuff that you're doing, let's figure out like who all these people are, right? And the people now become the, the index, so to speak, like that's the network project. So the idea is let's start promoting spinal cord injury, you know, business and commerce and promoting, you know, people are actively doing stuff um, as opposed to, okay, spinal cord injury, we're just, you know, we're, you know, we're patients, we're, we're just people who, you know, are looking for other people to solve our problems. I'm like, no, let's promote the people within our community who are out there doing stuff, you know, and, and, all, and with that means, all, you know, in promoting SEI commerce, that means, okay, you know, l let's promote um, small business. Let's promote, you know, professional services, you know, like look at actors, you know, spinal cord injury. You know, the thing is, and, and what I found, and I think what we all know is that this is actually a relatively easy task because there's not that many people doing that many things, you know, like for instance, imagine, you know, I said to you, let's, you know, categorize all the actors out there who are able-bodied. And you'd be, you, what would you tell me? Like impossible, yeah. right? How many tens of thousands are out, right? Well, then, then the question is, how many actors do, are there really with spinal cord injury? Like who are actually out there doing stuff? What do you think? I mean, I've interviewed a few of them on the podcast. So I know there's, you know, probably there's, I mean, there's probably only a few hundred though. World, you know. yeah. or, 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 or actually successful that you can actually find, we're talking about like 10, yeah, you know, that's I mean, that, that if you start thinking about it, right. So this is, this is the, this is the problem, right? Like, why is there only maybe 10 people out there? And out of that 10, like five of them don't even have a website, you know, and in, right. and, and, and for good reason, because they're not, they, you know, they're not making money. There's not a lot of opportunity, you know, and, and this is this idea of, you know, promoting, uh, and, and, and SEI commerce, like let's promote these people. Let's, let's promote the nonprofits. Let's promote, you know, uh, uh, the speakers and so forth. To me in the SEI world, you know, the ones that get the most promotion are like the Paralympic athletes, you know, it's, it's like, that seems to be okay. You know, they get publicity, but, but why, like, why should they, why, what are they doing that's so much better than someone else who's doing, you know, running a nonprofit, you know, who's acting, who's, who's singing, who's doing all this other stuff. Why is sports in that respect worth so much more? Um, and, and to me, in a lot of cases, you know, athletes, you know, they really kind of got a package handed to them. Like, you know, they got a coach, they got people supporting them, blah, blah, blah. They're not really striking it out on their own. So that's um, kind of my thought. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a very interesting way to look at it. And I mean, and, and the, the network project is, I mean, it's such a cool idea that, that you came up with to, to yeah, to, to kind of bring the community together and promote ourselves from kind of from within. Uh, yeah, and how how quickly has has the community in, in the SCI network project grown over the, you know, is that it's a few years old? I think you said earlier. No, 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 that's not. It's not. I. It's it's literally. I started it less than a year ago. You know. Oh wow. So yeah, yeah. So it's so right now. I mean, I'm I'm still. I'm still categorizing information, right, and getting it into the site and trying to figure out how to make the site as, as user friendly as possible. So, um, and and I, I, there is a ton of information there. I, I think, you know, people really don't know about it. Um, I, I, if you go to it and you start kicking around and really poking around, you're going to see like, wow, there is actually a, a lot of information here and I can find it in one spot. And, and again, uh, what I'm trying to do is index the information as opposed to hold it all in my site. I'm trying to say, look, these are, these are the places you can go to. If you're interested into this subject, you know, say for instance, power assist devices, you can go to that power assist section and then you can you know see how it's organized and now go out and and investigate um 
the other thing about the the network project again like I'm, I'm promoting this concept you know like hire sci first right you know shop sci first and I'll, I'll give you an example recently um my wife had her 50th birthday and i was like oh i gotta i want to you know just do some what different things can i do get what kind of different gifts and then then I'll, then in, in creating the network project i'm like wait a minute I'm, I'm coming across some artisans you know with spinal cord injury do, do woodworking and this that and everything so you know in doing that i'm like wow okay so you know i got a bowl from one guy you know a handmade bowl i got a handmade um cutting board you know i got some a handmade cork stopper i mean like different you know um, a handmade card by another person with spinal cord injury a handmade plant holder you know all and and again this is what i'm saying about like promoting within our community right like i need some presence why shouldn't i not go out to these artisans with spinal cord injury and buy from them you know and because it's very hard for them to promote their stuff because it costs a lot of money you know but if I'm not the only person who's looking for presence, right? You know, if our community started actually thinking about helping other people, you know, with this kind of stuff, it would would make a big difference, I think. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's a noble cause that you're that you're working on, you know, categorizing all of this stuff. And uh, yeah, I definitely I salute you, Eric, for for doing that and, and you know, getting that information out there for everyone. Um, you know, I did want to go back just for a minute to the to the wheelchair boarding, which is how I originally came across you, your your page and everything. Um, but what what exactly can you like run us through? Like what what is it like? So I know you're you're on the like a longboard type wheel uh, type of skateboard, but you, you know, tell us kind of like from the from the ground up what what your what, what kind of uh, you know devices you need to, to attach yourself to the to the uh longboard all of that sort of stuff or if okay you right right that's a good question so just to understand the terminology you know i came up with the term wheelchair boarding it's because i wanted um a kind of a catch-all phrase that would describe you know the con the general concept of using your wheelchair on a on some to control on some type of board. Now, that board could be a long board or a skateboard or a mountain board or a snowboard or a skim board, right? Or a hoverboard, you know, or a scooter. I, I, I literally keep adding devices to it with the same overall concept. And, and this is actually no different than if you look at an able-bodied person and say, well, you know, what do the able-bodied people do? They get on a board and they think of different ways that they can make different boards and use them in, in different ways, right? I'm just saying, okay, that's great that you're standing up and doing it. What can I do sitting down using the wheelie as the primary control interface between me and the board? Because the wheelie is, is, is a mechanism that you can control your center of gravity. Right. And if you think about devices that are based on balancing and control, it's all about the person being able to control their center of gravity. Right. right. You know, that's the thing. So the wheelie provides the control of the center of gravity. Now, the way I'm able to control the wheelie is that typically when you just do a wheelie, like you pop a wheelie, you're like you're moving all over the place. Right. But if you chalk the front and back of your wheels and you pop a wheelie all of a sudden you notice that you're kind of held there in that spot yet you still have to balance that makes sense you kind of have to do it to experience it and you're like oh this is interesting you know so once you've chalked the front and back of your wheels you're still you can still control your center of gravity but you don't move forward or backwards that makes sense, right? Yeah. Now take that system and drop it on something like either a longboard, right? Or a you know, a mountain board or a snowboard, and it's really the same thing. So all of these de- or a skim, all of these devices are the same. You go sideways on it, right? But you manipulate your the wheelie to manipulate your center 
balance. So you can tilt the thing. So long boards, snow boards, whatever boards, they're all based on this concept of lean to steer. And the leaning is shifting your center of gravity, which is done through the wheelie. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Um, so for the, the, the motor, like how are you controlling the, the brake and the- and Right. The, right, that, which which is a really good question, and and again, that's really important. You know, like I said, when I first started, I did not have a brake, and when you go down a hill and you do not have a brake, it is scary because if you go a little bit faster than you were planning to, you're screwed. Yeah. You know, um, so but um, you know, skateboards, uh, mo motorized skateboards, you have a motor brake. And, and so you have a remote control, which gives you acceleration and brake and reverse, depending on the mechanics of that particular board. Um, if, if the one, you know, one problem is, of course, if that power cuts out, you've lost your brake, you know. So, but again, you know, with the, with the development of, the, of these um, devices, they've gotten more reliable, you know, so. Uh, so I guess when the first time you did this, was it with a board that had a motor on it? Or no, just... no. Okay. Um, it was, in, in fact, you know, uh, Facebook very nicely gave me a memory literally, I think yesterday and showed me like one of my first videos of me on a skateboard. And that was seven years ago. It's like, whoa, that's seven years. Wow. Uh, so that is just on a regular long board. Um, and then I was using a hill in my driveway um, because the first thing you need to, to develop is really develop your balancing skill and, and, and also just getting comfortable with going sideways, you know, and keep in mind, yeah, as a wheelchair user, I've been in the chair for 36 years. That means like for almost 30 of them, I've been going forward and never sideways. Right. Yeah. So, you know, that's kind of like a switch and I never skateboarded before my injury either. It really wasn't a thing back in the eighties, you know, like so much stuff now is, so this is all really new to me and I, I need, and you know, it, I needed to develop the skill. And also it's damn cheap. You can buy a long board that's suitable on Amazon for like a hundred bucks and you can make the brackets for like 20, you know? So for $120, you actually have this new toy that you can really, that gives you a completely new sense of mobility, um, completely new sense of mobility. And it's really cheap and you can really work your skill. And again, when we think about uh, adaptive sports, you know, what adaptive sport can you get into for like 120 bucks? Like you can't. No, not at all. <laughs> you know? No doubt. Well, you know, Eric, so between, you know, the scooter adaptive, the adaptive scooter, the, the um, skateboard, longboard, you know, off-road board, snowboard, what has been your favorite board to ride or do you have one in particular that you like more than any of the others well you know so to me I, i'm all about variety you know and and that's the thing like i like to do this and i'm like okay now i like to do this and now i'm gonna try this and now i like to do that i'm not really stuck with one thing i just i kind of get bored with it you know and also i'm, I'm uh yeah so to me i like it there's not just one thing that, you know, I like them for all for different reasons, and they all provide different sense of mobility and also in different environments, right? So if you think about it, um, the, you know, longboard is great for going fast on bike paths that are relatively straight, you know? skateboard was good for turning sharply in small areas at a slower speed. The landboard is good for getting off-road, but not on you know off-road being more like dirt and gravel and some grass but not really too too rugged you know the scooter is really great for um commuting and i can just pick it up and carry it you know and i can zip around and it's very practical and functional it's more functional than the other devices the other devices like the, the boards you know th there's a, a high risk of fall at any given time you know which adds to 
the fun, it also adds to the stress. Like it's not something I use for commuting. The the scooter board, I can just pop on, I can put that thing on my lap, I can carry it, I can pop on it anytime, I can get off it, you know? So it really, they're all different. And, and, and I use them in, in different ways, so to speak. And then with different people, right? Because depending on who you're with and what kind of device, mobility device they have, you kind of want to have a compatible thing. And I think, again, this gets back to a lot of um, mobility devices that for, for people with wheelchair users are not necessarily compatible with the able-bodied equivalent, right? right? So then it's like, well, who are you doing this with? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you're just kind of like doing your own thing, which makes for a great video, but isn't always that fun, you know, unless you have somebody else who's kind of doing the same thing, you know? No, so. that makes that makes total sense. Yeah, uh, you know, I also wanted to know which device have you had the worst fall on. Um, huh. so I, uh, you know, I, I, I probably the the, the longboard. You know, I, I've I've taken some. I, I'm sure that over the I, I probably fell at least a couple hundred times. You know, I don't fall as much as I I used to and that's also because i'm staying with my range of of, of, of being a little bit less risky so to speak but you know when i was out i took my long long board out on ragbri which is this bicycle ride across iowa which i've been doing on a hand cycle for many many years as in starting in 1999 but you know i because i like to switch things up i'm like okay i'm gonna try doing this you know for a few days with the long board so I'm riding that thing out there, you know, on the streets with bike bikes and um, I got the speed wobbles. The speed wobbles is, you know, instability when there's vibration and you're, you're, you're basically your chair rocks back and forth. Now, when an able-bodied person gets the speed boat waddles on the skateboard, like they're going to squat down, they're, you know, they're going to lower their center of gravity to to become more stable well when you're sitting down in the wheelchair there's you can't lower your center of gravity you're as low as you can go there's not a damn thing you can do um except ride it out um and in this case i was carrying extra batteries and extra luggage so i had a really unstable thing going on and i knew i was screwed because the biker behind me was like oh shit and he was saying that when he was just watching me because he knew that I was screwed. Uh, so, you know, in this case, again, I planned that if something bad would happen on the road, I was going to run off the road into the, you know, but that means like running off down a hill into a cornfield, blah, 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 which of course I did and rolled many, many times. But um, all in all, I was fine because it was soft Iowa dirt and when I um, do that kind of thing, I wear a lot of protection and I strap myself tightly to the wheelchair. Because if you think about it, a manual wheelchair makes for a nice little um, frame and that frame can help protect you. So I was fine, but um, that was a pretty dramatic crash, I would say. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that sounds like a pretty epic fall for sure. Uh, you know, I just have a couple of questions left for you here, Eric. I wanted to know, so you mentioned earlier about the uh, Toyota Mobility Unlimited Challenge and that you were one of, I think, 10 people that were given $50,000 right. for your idea. And, and so did you, how did you end up finishing in that, um, in the challenge? Um, did you right. So, yeah, that, that, those are great. That's a great question. I didn't, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. Um, no so, so basically, you know, the, the, that challenge um, was a multi-year challenge, and it's it, it, and their goal. I mean, and and I'm I'm happy about their goal. I'm not necessarily so, super impressed with the results of of where they spent all that money, but the way it worked was, you know, they got people. You know, round one was to submit. At, um, your your device and and hopefully and, and ten teams would get fifty thousand dollars right okay. round after that happened there was round two and then round two means you know those ten teams and any other teams that that have something they get a chance at getting five hundred thousand dollars and so which is a considerable amount this you know to make their device right so this is still making a prototype 
Um, and then I, I basically after a year in, and people had got the 500,000, you know, those top teams then one team or one entity got a million dollars in order to, um, to actually manufacture their device for sale. So I only got to round one and was, and, and not round two. And then the winner, um, was recent, fairly recently, um, uh, announced and th that was for a, uh, a, a quote, smart wheelchair that, um, has a moving center of gravity. Um, Hmm. That's interesting. I, I, yeah. So if you think about this and you do the math on this, you can see that there, we're talking about millions of dollars here. Yeah. Right. You know, right. Um, in my opinion, millions of dollars could have been spent much better, you know, yeah. but I, I'm happy that at least they're doing something and, and promoting it. You know, unfortunately, again, I was not impressed with the 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 application of how they did it and i think this gets back to the fact that they really did not understand like the entity that was toyota and and the entity that they hired to to promote this challenge really didn't understand spinal cord injury they didn't understand mobility and any of this stuff and and because of that there was just a lot of waste a lot of bullshit and it's really too bad and again this is why i'm saying you know you think this it had they it, had this been done by like one of the many entities that are in this, you know, the SEI network project, I think some people could have came up with some really cool shit. You yeah, know, that, yeah. That is my opinion. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and then kind of, I guess my final question for you is like, what, I mean, you're such an innovative guy. Like, what are you hoping to do next? Like, what's your, I mean, what are your kind of goals for short term? Um, -term? So short, right now I'm working with another guy. We're, we're, we're working on this concept of uh, adaptive community consulting. In fact, this is sort of a new, a new term. Um, and the idea is that, you know, in the spinal cord injury, you know, community and also with people with disabilities, but I'm, I'm taking a slice because disability is just too hard. It's too big, right? So the idea is that there needs to be, again, consultants you know yeah you know, coming from our community who are knowledgeable and can help advise and promote you know these these concepts you know in other words when when designers you know and universities and so forth you know, they they spend all this time trying to innovate stuff and they all what do they do they like go down to the local independent living center they see like three people in chairs and they're like okay let's interview these three and then we'll ask them what their problems are. And now we know, now we, now we have, now we know everything we need to know. And then let's go like make some shit, right? Like they're, they don't, they're the concept that just because you're in a chair doesn't mean you know anything, right? Like right. you might have been in a chair for 30 years and it's been the same chair that you've been in for 30 years. Like, what do you know? Just that one chair in your life. But yeah. the people don't seem to think like you need to actually consult people with spinal cord injury as being subject matter experts, right? right? And, and so the idea of this is trying to get people together, you know, who actually are subject matter experts and also, you know, promote the concept that, you know, people need to get paid for their time and their expertise. Like, why are we as, as constantly giving away our time for free all the time? Because, you know, we want... We're, we're like so glad someone paid attention to us like oh thank god you paid a little attention to us right you yeah. know that that that's wonderful uh, whereas in the able-bodied community you know when people have expertise you know they don't give their time away for free they don't give their expertise away for free they expect to be paid you know and that the standard is just much higher so yeah. my help is through this is to you know raise the standard and start getting people within our community you know making some money for the shit the stuff that they know yeah no i that, that's awesome man you're you're full of amazing ideas eric so we need more uh we need more people like you in the community for sure um you know do, is there yeah where can people get in touch with you um you know through social media through your website you know give us all of that stuff and i'll attach it all to the to the podcast right so 
So, you know, the, the redpillinnovations.com is the website. I could be contacted there, you know, on, on, on Facebook. It's just my name. I also have a, uh, a wheelchair boarding Facebook page, you know, wheelchair boarding, one word. Also, that's the same name uh, on Instagram, you know, wheelchair boarding. So those are pretty uh, simple means to get a hold of me. Um, and, and yeah, and if, if, and if anyone's listening to this, you know, they have a small business, you know, actually also the, the SCI network project, you know, also on Instagram, um, that, you know, send me a message and I'll, I'll add, I'll happily add you to, to the, to the list, you know, because the goal is to promote, you know, not just me, let's promote other people. I think there's a lot of people doing some really great stuff that nobody's heard about it. Like, let's get the word out there. I agree, man. I agree. Couldn't have said it better myself. Eric Kondo, thank you so much for uh, for joining me on the show, man. It was a bl- it was a, a blast uh, visiting with you. Right. Well, I appreciate it, and um, I'll I'll be listening to your your other podcast too. So. All right. I appreciate right. it. Thanks for that. Thanks for uh, coming on, man. We'll talk soon. Okay. Take care. Bye bye. All right. Thank you once again to Eric Kondo. Uh, great guy. I appreciate him coming on the show and, and uh, giving us all this great information. It is redpillinnovations.com. I'll make sure to put that in the description as well. Uh, check them out there. I mean, yeah, he, he made a, a point, Brandon, to say his wife's birthday was a couple weeks ago. Happy birthday. And Yeah, happy birthday. And I don't know about a couple weeks recently, though. And uh, he went on there and, like, bought all of her gifts from people that have oh. uh, companies that sell, Sick. like, different uh, different businesses that sell. That's cool. Cool stuff that are run by <clears throat> people with spinal cord injuries. So I thought that That's was cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Very, you know. And how you, would you know? You never would, man. Yeah. Cause to like look you'll, for you'll see gifts like, if yeah. you don't have like a directory of places. Right. Because you'll see like black owned businesses or, you know, this, uh, you know, Asian owned businesses, things like that. But they never, you know, I mean, that's another subset that kind of is left behind, man, with people with spinal cord injuries. So it's definitely that's, a marginalized crew, man. Yeah, definitely cool that, that he's doing that. Um, but yeah, man, um, I know you're getting ready to, to drive to Montana. Our, uh, our nephew Dom is in the building. Getting ready yeah. to go go to college. And, big day. It's a big day, man, yeah, for is, him. Man. You want to say what's up, Dom? Uh, he doesn't. Uh, he's not he's saying anything. He said what's up. He don't really like to be in the spotlight. He, nah. lay, he likes to lay low. Nah, he's going to go go kill it over there, though. But um, so you're, you're driving out there, and then you come back. Yeah, shout out Montana State University. All right. I like it. Go Bobcats, he says. I like it. Um, but next week, man. It's uh. You, why don't you go ahead and oh, set this shoot, up, man? man. Tell I don't. Us what's happening. I don't know, Jay. I don't want to be. I don't want to feel righteous in here, man. All right, I'll so, do. I'll, I, but I'll, I'll say if you want me to. And man. I don't know, like how philosophical you want to be, but I'll give you. I'll give you a little bit on this. Yeah. All right. So let me set this up. So our friend, friend of ours. I don't need to say his name, but a friend of ours yeah. has. A good friend. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's more than a friend, bro. He's family yeah. to, to to us, and uh, he's got a. A serious kidney issue and is got a genetic kidney disease sure yeah and basically is like on the verge of having to start dialysis and has been on a on a recipient list for for a while and with no luck and you know then uh, i guess he found some kind of exchange program so why don't you go ahead well yeah tell us about this so yeah and essentially around you know october last year you know, our friend had come to us and told us that, you know, his about his kidney thing um, was he was having issues with his kidney and they were degenerating fast, quick, very quick. And um, he was like you said, he was trying to get on a kidney donor list, which he was. Um, and so I said, hey, man, like if I could donate you a kidney, I would. And so. I open my mouth, man. You know, like when you do something like that, you can't just say, say things. And then, well, I don't know, man, I don't, I I should take that back. It's a big, it's a big decision whether or not you say it or not, just because, you know, things can change for people or the process. But anyways, so you were not, you were not a match though. Nah. So 
when I went through all the preliminary testing just to even see if I could possibly donate a kidney at all, um, they apparently have great functioning kidneys and other organs, livers, hearts, those types of heart and liver, one, two kidneys. And uh, so essentially um, when it came down to it, unfortunately him and I weren't a blood match. He has a very rare type of blood. Like I think one of the rarest that there are. So finding a match may have been nearly impossible, quite honestly. Right. Um, and I have one of the most common type bloods, blood types, which can be used all over, right? And so they have this really cool program called the Kidney Registry Donor Program. And essentially what it is, is if you have if you're someone that it's in need of a kidney and you bring a donor um, into the registry, uh, what they can do is find other people who are bringing a similar type of situation where they don't have a match, but they have someone that's willing to donate a kidney. Well, then everybody <laughs> swaps kidneys at one time. Yeah. And so, yeah, man, after like almost a year, like um, we got the call like a couple weeks ago saying, oh yeah, we found a match and they're ready to do surgery and so (laughs) like on wednesday we're gonna um i'm gonna donate my kidney man wow that's awesome and so uh and so it's gonna be getting your kidney's gonna go to so yeah my my kidney will so the yeah anyways we can we can block that out if we need to but um you know, the cool thing about this program, Jay, is it doesn't really have like a limit. So let's say, you know, that it took six or eight people to make this swap. Then that would like in my mind when I was thinking, they told me, would was this something that you would like to do? Or are you only interested in giving Joe a kidney? Right. And I thought to myself, man, like that's a cool thing. Like not only now is one person getting a kidney, but now right. like several people. In this instance, it's only, I think, just a two-person swap or four-person because right. two donors, two recipients. So what happens is, is on on uh, Wednesday, I will, I will get my kidney removed. They will immediately put that thing on ice and send it to where this person is getting their kidney put in on the same day. It's literally flying right there. So however long the flight is probably take about eight or ten hours to get there you know with takeoff landing it's going to the east coast it's going to yale university okay that's where it's going to be and at the but actually at the same time um they'll be sending one here earlier so our surgeries will actually be happening at the same time and theirs will happen at the same time or i guess that can't happen but they'll be as soon as your kidney gets there, then the person that's receiving yes. the kidney will get it. So all on the same day wow. is what I'm saying. I mean, just think like 20 years ago, man, people that didn't have this opportunity to, you know, probably to get a kidney from because, it, I mean, just like the infrastructure wasn't there to, to it's make a, all It's crazy, man. That, that's, uh, that's admirable, though, man. And see, sure. man, and then I'm like, don't get me wrong, like, Everybody likes a little pat on the back. It's cool, man. I'm not really doing it for for kudos, man. Oh if, yeah, I know. If I I was watching Ferris Bueller's Day Off the other day with Ryder, I'd never seen. It. I was like, oh, why I never showed this movie? Maybe it wasn't old enough yet. And uh, when the, when the girl says like, oh, have you heard about Ferris? He's sick. And then like his sister's like, yeah, like. And I heard if uh, he gets better, he'll give Stevie Wonder his eyes or something like that, right? <laughs> And I just thought that was funny, man, being the situation that I'm in. Right. But, um, bro, I would, I don't know if, if I could give you something to yeah. make you walk again, I would do that. Like, that's yeah, just, there's nothing I can do. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Maybe down the road, they'll be like, Hey, if you give Jay some, some stem cells or right. if I could donate this, then that's what I would do. But yeah yeah and I, you know i definitely told told our friend if i could man i would give you know i'd donate a kidney for him too but just with my situation man it's kind of they won't they won't even like look at me so yeah i just think man 
and I don't want to get weird on the podcast, but like we're we're getting a little bit older, man, and like I just seen like you know, for instance, man, in my lifetime, you know, I've had you've gotten hurt, do you know what I mean? And um, we've lost mentors like like Billy Frank Jr. and mm-hmm. Sue Crystal. Your dad passed away at early age, um, and then one of our best friends, man's like. That life expectancy is very low, man, on dialysis. Right. I mean, you're pretty yeah, much like... like you're, taxing everything, man. Like, you're just hanging on until you can... Get it. Which, get kidney donated. If you do. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. I just... Man, I don't know. What what are we here, like, basically on this life for just a blink of an eye anyway, man? Yeah. Like, what am I supposed to do with this kidney <laughs> anyways, man? If I yeah. got two good ones... Yeah, yeah, I hear you, man. But well, yeah, I'm a little bit nervous, man. I yeah. can't even front, but I believe, yeah, I believe it, man. Well, you know, we're all. I know everybody that's listening right now is definitely uh, wishing you all the best. And uh, oh, I think you know, it'll be great, man. It's yeah, gonna be it's great. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. That's man. all. I'm, that's all I can say, man. Is um, it will be great. Yep. Yeah, and we're getting Dom's ass off to college today. Yeah, every so. day. It's great, man. It's great. Yeah, it's a great day. It's hectic, great man. Week. Life yeah. is hectic. It's hectic, man. Yeah, it's and been. It, it's a little bit stressful at times. We're in a yeah. pandemic. Oh, man. Tell me about we're, it, bro. I'm ready for this to be over. We worry about money. Yeah. You know, like. There's it's bigger, crazy, bro. Yeah, this is a crazy bigger, world, there's man. There's bigger, more important things, man, than, than yeah, these Maybe. little yes. really stresses that we deal with on a daily basis and yeah i mean just the fact that you are able to do what you're doing man it's uh it's amazing b so i definitely from i know you don't like a bunch of uh pats on the back but i'm definitely patting you on the back today, well i will man. tell you one of the main sales of the national kidney registry is uh um since i'm now a kidney donor if forever some reason i have kidney disease down the line like that doesn't show up now but then yeah. my kidneys just start going out i get bumped to the top of the list oh that's cool so that's good yeah. <laughs> here's to not getting no kidney disease man yeah, but if i no do problems. Here's to no if problems. i do uh i'll be in line uh which probably since i have a a, a pretty common blood type would probably be much yeah, more simpler much than, than the situation that our friend's in man yeah well, I know, and our friend told told me when he first started going through this stuff last year, he's like, yeah, um, he's like, you know, Scarface from the Ghetto Boys, the old rap group needs a kidney, and he's like offering like $500,000 on is that, is that a fact, man? And that's what, I, that's I what see, he told me. Bro, I, don't know, I or, see. Why do I keep saying a goddamn name? <laughs> I see people with stickers on their cars. Yeah. Like. You better put a sticker on your car. Oh, like saying they need a kidney? Yeah, man. Like in need of a kidney, this type of blood. And I'm pretty sure it's the same one I usually see with that blood type just because it's such a rare. Yeah. um, It's an O blood type. Uh, Man. Well, yeah, hopefully hopefully they find somebody that will donate too. But, yeah. That's uh, it's amazing what you're doing. Hey man, I put kidney I'm... donor on my driver's license. I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For, yeah, in case you die. But yeah, yeah you're like, well, get get rid of this whole whole thing and help somebody. <laughs> But that's great, man. I'm I'm so I'm happy for you. I'm, man, happy, I'm happy for him. For him yeah. I'm like, it's uh, like I yeah. said, it's gonna be great. Yeah, absolutely. Well, on that note, uh, you know, I hope everybody listened till the end because that was uh, I feel like that's an amazing story. And well, uh, well the story isn't written yet, man. So let's true, let's man. let's see it through, man. Absolutely. Well, we will uh, be talking to you guys next week, and uh, thanks for listening again. Yeah, share, rate, review, listen, all that good stuff. We uh, we definitely want to cure paralysis, so help us out.